life still goes on. Life still goes on. People really need to recognize that if we collectively stand together and do the things we are supposed to be doing right now, this will be better and get better quicker if we follow that. So again, I'm coming back to the message of being, it's not a matter of that if we will get through this, we will get through this, but it's a when we are going to get through it. And when we do, I want people to feel, to feel okay. I don't want them to be panicked and stressed and, and really dialed up this entire time so that when it's over, and I see this a lot in, in, when people are in psychological distress, they tank because when everything reprieves and subsides and everything's kind of going back to normal, it really floods them with how much they were not coping during it. You're listening to My Evolved Life, a podcast that simplifies health and fitness and helps you maximize your life. My name is Vuna Nguyen, and I'm the creator of the Evolution Training System. We're so lucky to be living in the information age, meaning it's easier than ever to access information and find answers to any questions you may have. But isn't it confusing when you read information that's conflicting or worse yet, just sounds wrong? I'll be sitting down with industry professionals to give you clarity and leave you with tangible actions you can take immediately to improve your physical, mental, and psychological health. Today, we welcome back Cinder Smith a registered psychologist. Uh, Cinder, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were with us some two months ago or so? Yeah, I'd say January sometime. January sometime. And it's amazing because just over the span of eight weeks, um, our circumstances as a whole, as a community, as a world has changed quite a bit. And that might be understating it. Um, You know, back two months ago in January, we talked a lot about things like moods versus emotions, how to take care of mental health, the importance of taking uh, taking care of mental health. But I Mm -hmm. have to say that as important as that conversation was, it was still more of a hypothetical nature. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Whereas now we are facing what is known as, you know, a global pandemic, the pandemic that is COVID-19 coronavirus. And many of us are suffering mental or or we, if not yet, we will suffer mental issues and we have concerns, right? You know what I would say, just if I can interject for a sec, the conversation we had in January was proactive and the conversation we're going to have today is more reactive. And I want to talk about that further as we go on, because I I don't want to be people to be too reactionary because I, yeah, I just wanted to highlight that. So before that was more proactive information and talking about mood and, and emotion and that sort of thing. And now we're dealing with a bigger beast. I love that clarification. And that is exactly what it feels like. We are in the midst of it. um, And many of us don't know how to react. And this is why this conversation feels so, so important to me. Uh, yeah. So with that, why don't I just pass it over to you? Um, sure. 10 days in, roughly r- roughly 10 days in, what are you observing? What are you hearing as a psychologist? Okay, so um, in I'm going to start first professionally, and then I'm going to come into my community and just the, the world around me and my family. Um, so in my practice, we, um, the College of Alberta Psychologists have um, still encouraged us, we're still allowed to be practicing privately uh, with very strict criteria about screening each person that comes in to make sure that they have had no contact with anybody with COVID, um, that they haven't traveled within the 14 day quarantine um, timeline and we're wiping down the office and all of those good things. So lots of protective measures, but they are still inviting us to continue practicing because we, as the community of psychologists, are just about to really get swimming with um, Albertans in general who have major psychological distress. Um, The college also sent out um, a email, it would have been last week, and we got a follow-up one this week, inviting and asking um, us to be a part of what's called the Disaster Response Network. Okay. And I know that sounds scary, and I want to kind of 
calm people's nerves when they hear that. We are asked to step up and offer service to frontline responders, particularly right now. So that would be nurses, doctors, uh, the team of medical folks who are dealing with this at the front lines and having their own psychological distress around it or anxiety primarily. Um, and so opening up a little bit of room for that in our practice now, but we are also planning for what this could possibly look like in three weeks, a month, two months from now, as people um, continue to stay quarantined or social distancing, whichever term you're using right now, um, and their anxiety and mood issues start to really uh, pop up. So that's what we're dealing with from my people in the psychology world. And we're getting a lot of great support from both the College of Alberta Psychologists, the Psychology Association of, of Alberta to say, for us to stay really healthy, both psychologically and physically, so that we can do this work because Albertans are gonna be needing us for sure. So I, I know when you use the, the term disaster, you almost felt like you had to caveat that, yes. that word with, yes. you know. Because here's the thing, and I'm gonna, you know me that I'm bold and I'm okay to, to be that way, but I feel like we have to use some of those terms sometimes to really hit it home to folks who are maybe minimizing it too much. Yeah. That we are absolutely in a crisis, global crisis here. However, I'm also of the mindset, you know what? We get through hard things, period. This is a really good opportunity to build resiliency. It's an opportunity to look deep in dark corners of your own life with stuff you haven't been addressing. And so finding that silver lining in it, which really brings me over to what I'm seeing in my community is, is some of it is quite lovely. People putting pictures up in their windows. So when they go for walks, kids have things to look at, um, respecting that social distancing. Um, po okay, so Facebook, here's, yeah. here's one time, maybe not one, but one of a few where some of it's great. Some people are putting stuff on there, um, showing what they're doing in a day, showing what they're doing, homeschooling their children and trying to figure out how to be a teacher on top of everything else. Um, but then yes, some of it, I'm saying move away from it because some of it is really inviting panic times 10. So in the community at large, it feels a little eerie. It's a little weird to go outside and it's quiet for yeah. the most part everywhere. And, you know, pools being closed in the malls and everywhere. It's just, it's, it, it took a little while for our kids to wrap their heads around that. And I would say that every school aged child, whether they're the little guys or the older ones who were supposed to be graduating this year, it's important to process this whole thing with all of them in the age appropriate way. This, I just feel like there's so much for us to talk about. And oh, even God. as you were making that statement, I don't even know where to go next. And usually I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> um, but because you talked about your kids uh, or kids in general, mm -hmm. let's really hone in on that. How sure. do you, let, let's break it down into age segments, so to speak. You have your young toddlers and then maybe yeah. your daycare and elementary. How do you begin to communicate this with them in a manner that isn't necessarily trying to scare them but so they yeah. understand the severity of it yeah so i think i said it when i was uh, speaking with you in january that kids primary way of learning is observational and so they are going to be acutely watching you as moms and dads right now um so it's important to keep your own fears worries stresses about it in check when you have that conversation and if you do need to panic panic behind closed doors where they can't see you for a little bit but the conversations with i would say the little ones just keeping it very very high level they don't need to hear some of the finite details about the acuity of what's going on but just keeping them informed that you know preschool they can't go to right now and other places they're unable to go to but we get to do all these fun things at home right now. So really kind of moving away from the scared scarcity of it all and more into look at what really fun, cool things we get to do at home now. The ones who are kind of middle-aged, I'd say 
maybe about seven to 11, um, give or take a few years there. Yeah. They understand this a little bit more. They, their, their, their conceptualization of it is a little bit better. And so they can, you can give them a little bit more details around it. Um, just enough to kind of what I would say, satiate them, um, give them enough information about washing your hands and being accountable for staying clean and healthy um, and why that's important. And then same thing, move along. Guess what? We get to stay home and do cool, fun things together yeah. and make crafts and bake and blah, blah, blah. So move away from it being big and scary. The older one, so it's really cool that we're having this conversation too because I was speaking with somebody yesterday who does have a, a girl, 17-year-old, and she's graduating this year. And she had a really big meltdown. Um, so it was perfect timing that we were talking. And she said, Cinder, like, I just, I feel so bad. Like her graduation, she was looking forward to it. And I said, mm -mm. I said, we're, we're finding all kinds of creative ways to change things in this household. So I'll share one with you. And I said, still do it. Put on her dress, get some champagne to the house, have her walk down the stairs or whatever, but do it. She just isn't going to be with all of her buddies in a big crowd, but still life still is going to go on. We just have to get creative about what that's going to look like. Um, I had somebody else whose daughter was in a play and she was so excited. She's been practicing for the last few months and she's sad that she can't do it. And I said, no way, man, you just line up a bunch of stuffies and you get all of you guys in the room together and the, the show still goes on. You still find ways to make that play happen. So trying to find a sense of normalcy for those kids as best you can, but um, having open conversations age appropriate it makes sense and yeah i don't mean to find something funny in this because there's no nothing funny please about do it. oh my gosh we need humor to get through this <laughs> but as you were talking about the middle age kids you, you were talking yeah. about emphasizing the importance of staying clean washing your hands and i'm just thinking isn't that just like the daily standard outside of this virus but <laughs> it's not oh right it's not totally so that's <laughs> that's funny you do that all the time <laughs> Yeah. Um, so going back to what we were talking about earlier about the fear mongering and stuff like that, yeah. um, and, and the language that we use, I'm very personally conflicted about that because clearly there are scenarios and situations where it is necessary because there are still many of us out there as evidenced on Facebook and Instagram, people still don't get it. The importance of yeah. the physical distancing, right? Yeah. Like, where do you think we should draw that line between making it sound worse and worse and worse to match the severity level um, yeah. and, and also pulling it back so that we are not just living in absolute fear? Yeah, great question. And I was prepared for this. Um, it really is a balance between staying informed, which is really important, but not being inundated and just flooding yourself with reading social media reels and having the news on all day, every day. That is anxiety inducing on a really good day. So the college has even said, emphasize that in your practice, say, stay informed and stay informed with accurate, good research-based medical information. Like the WHO is a really good one. Um, watching the six o'clock news for the first 15 minutes and shut it down. But constantly being in that space and reading it is, is absolutely going to trigger all kinds of, I call it the rabbit hole. Yeah. Going down all kinds of rabbit holes of what if this and what if that and what if it doesn't, what if we're here for six more months and just stop, just stop and breathe and be in the now and recognize we are going to get on top of this. We are going to get on the other side of it. It isn't an if, it's a when. And so what we do during that time frame is so important. I was just watching, Dr. Phil is, is putting on a special series. I wanted to say that today as well, um, as he, he's quarantined as well. And, and he's talking about the, the mental health part, obviously. Um, but he was saying, put it another way, People are panicking about COVID when in reality, if we're not managing our stress in healthy ways right now, that is also an invitation for high blood pressure, cholesterol issues, heart issues, 
um, increase cortisol levels, which in turn decreases our immunity, which is at the heart of this. So it isn't just about you know, taking care of our physical wellness, which I'm on board 100%, but mentally as well, what are you doing to manage your stress every day and really limiting your social media consumption and news consumption is a part of that. Stay informed, but then stay away from it. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. And what makes me really curious, even about that statement there is, you know, we've, we've known about Corona for months yep. now, right? You know, it first hit China, I believe, in December, if I'm not mistaken. So December, sometime back then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're not talking about just a few. It was pretty grand back then as yeah. well. Yeah. But it wasn't until we heard people like Tom Hanks or, yeah. or the two basketball players that right. it really started to become real, which is very, very interesting, right? These are yes. not people that we know personally. They're simply yeah. celebrities and or athletes. Yeah. Um, but that's what, that's the moment that it really became real for us. Yeah. Now I want to touch on something very important that you were talking about there. Yeah. Um, you used uh, a couple of statements where you use, you preface it by saying, what if, what if, what if? Yeah. So I know the philosophy right now is, you know, a lot of people are saying that we should focus on the things that we can control as opposed to things that we can't control. Obviously, you know, outside of our own personal behavior, we can't control how quick it spreads. We can't control the actions of others. Um, right. But the tendency is to focus our minds on those things, the uncontrollables, whether it's because you're watching the news or social media or whatever. Right. What kind of tips can you give somebody to focus on or encourage them to focus on the things that they can indeed control themselves? Yeah, yeah. Um. So anxiety is a funny thing. It is, it is both physiological and it's very much psychological. And the, the, the kind of classic treatment for anxiety um, is cognitive behavioral therapy. So cognitive behavioral therapy, it's going to sound really simple in a nutshell, but it isn't. What it says is how we think leads to how we feel leads to how we behave. So the equation is think plus feel equals do, okay? People tend to focus a lot on their doing, the behavior, and behaviors of themselves or behaviors of other people. And I often say, sure, I want you washing your hands and eating healthy and getting good rest and social distancing and blah, 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 but take it back two steps, two thoughts. What you're thinking about about a situation coronavirus pandemic or other things has so much power over how you feel and over how you respond or react to something. So it sounds simple, but it isn't. I get people to really be careful about what are they thinking about? They have 100% control over that, 100. So if they think this is awful and I'm scared and worried and it's never gonna get better, we're never gonna get out of our house, da, 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 I promise you, their anxiety, their emotion, their feeling is going to be so dialed up, which in turn is going to generate all kinds of behaviors that look stressed, anxious, panicked. Now, I'm not saying don't have those feelings. We all do. I do too. I'm not, I, this, I'm not immune to this just because I have all the tools, but I don't spend too much time there or I change my thoughts around it to say, have we got through hard things collectively before? Yes. We overcame the recession, the flood of 2013, specifically here in Calgary. You know, remember, remind yourself of things that you've gotten through before that have been hard. Yes, this is a bigger beast. I understand that. But the same language or the same thoughts around it can help you quell it just a little bit to say, you know what? I have got through hard things before and I will get through. We will collectively get through this. I can control how much I want to think about it today. So that's one thing. The other thing I think about is when people are feeling, you're right, when they're feeling out of control, they look for things, we all do it, to, to keep control. And what do you have control over? You have control over what you're doing in a day, who you're spending time with, limiting your contact with, with other people, um, eating well, drinking enough water, socially connecting. I've said to lots of people during this time, this isn't about socially isolating. This is about 
socially distancing. I still want you communicating and connecting with people, FaceTime, on the phone or whatever. You still, we're wired for connection. I've said that to you before. Yeah. And so during this time, that's another tool or a way to control it. I've also said, know your audience. So if you have an audience or a person in your life that the two of you kind of fuel each other and you're, you, you find yourself, your panic's getting up there, your anxiety's getting up there, limit those conversations. You're not great for each other right now. Find someone who kind of is a little bit more calming, a little bit more rational and a little bit more reasonable to talk with when you're feeling that way. Um, so as to shift the focus, we have a rule here in my house. We're not talking about it for long periods of time. I don't want to staying informed, but also disconnecting from it. So we've had a day or two break from it. It's like, okay, so tomorrow's no Corona day. Perfect. Yeah. Sounds good. You know, so that again, we're, we're, life still goes on. Life still goes on. People really need to recognize that if we collectively stand together and do the things we are supposed to be doing right now, this will be better and get better quicker if we follow that. So again, I'm coming back to my message of being, it's not a matter of if we will get through this, we will get through this, but it's a when we are going to get through it. And when we do, I want people to feel, to feel okay. I don't want them to be panicked and stressed and and really dialed up this entire time so that when it's over, and I see this a lot in, in when people are in psychological distress, they tank because when everything reprieves and subsides and everything's kind of going back to normal, it really floods them with how much they were not coping during it. It seems, it seems like an opposite reaction, but it's really quite common. I don't know if that makes sense or not, or if I'm describing no, it. No, well. it, it does make sense. And it seems like, or it sounds like it's maybe a feeling of regret. Um, yeah. Right. Oh man, yep. it wasn't actually that bad. I could have been more productive in those three months, six months. Yes. It's always hindsight, right? Twenty twenty. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um. So yeah. going back to what you were saying about uh, the social connection, I mean, now, so today, more so than ever in history, we have the option to be socially connected while really? being physically connected. Right. We never yes. had Zoom before. Uh, we never had. FaceTime before. So we are more than equipped, right? Totally. Um, and the joke that I've made quite often, to be honest, over the past <laughs> 10 days is for an introvert like me, I am an extreme introvert such that I love being socially disconnected and physically disconnected. Right? <laughs> I love um, the honesty. <laughs> uh, so, so I don't feel like I'm affected that much, but even then, even then I, there are times where I'm like, man, I haven't had any physical meetings in well, 10 days. It's crazy. Right. And, right. and I'm, I'm starting to feel it. Right. Um, so I do want to touch on Facebook again, Facebook yeah. and social media in general. Yeah. I know that you said that we can, we can use it for good. You've yeah. seen people talking about how productive they've been in their day, all the things that's, that they're doing. But my concern there is and this is very akin to what we talked about in January, the comparison yeah. factor, because yeah. the truth of the matter is not everybody is going to be hyperproductive right now, whether right. their mental is weighing them down or they just simply don't have anything to do now that they're home from work. Right. But yeah. they're seeing Beth or whoever it is. Yeah. Man, she got 20, 30 things done today. Man, I could have been more productive. Why am I not as productive as her? What do you yeah. think about that, the comparison factor? Yeah. Uh, I think you probably know what to say about it. I, I don't like it. Everybody copes differently. And everybody has a different um, toolbox and different strengths and different weaknesses in that toolbox. And so to look at that, I mean, for me, which is different because I have a background in psychology, I would look at that very objectively and say, is she, is, is Beth posting that as a way to get validation from everybody? Like you're doing your great job as a mom and you're doing a great job with, you know, being a teacher as well and you're blah, blah, blah. Or, or is Beth doing that to, you know, promote maybe some positivity on Facebook? I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But again, it kind of comes back to what I said in January that if what you're following on there makes you feel worse, don't do it. 
particularly right now when stress is high, anxiety is high, the unknown is just floating around us. And so move, have this as an opportunity to remove people or pause notifications that don't make you feel good. If we are in such a vulnerable space and time mentally right now that just do it. Don't think about it. Just do it because we need to be surrounding ourselves with things, with people, with posts, with food, with everything that makes us feel good. This is the time to be doing it. And it's funny because I had a conversation with someone this week and I said, silver lining, how come it's taken a pandemic for people to really go inside, do the job and say, how can I start living my best self and take better care of myself physically, mentally, relationally, financially, you name it, all of them. But, but I want people to, it's like, now's the opportunity. All of us, myself included, have surely had these conversations where it's like, oh, I'm so busy working. I'm, my plate's so full. I've got so much going on. I'll get to that later and I'll spend more time with the kids tomorrow. Or, well, guess what? We, we got lots of time right now. Yeah. So get busy focusing on where you need to do a little bit of work in your life. Does that make sense? It does. Absolutely. And I feel like if social media is providing that platform in that way, perfect. I don't know if you knew this, but I'm also, and you should hashtag them, um, a barbell instructor. Um, and because obviously all the studios are closed, um, they've developed this uh, virtual uh, online opportunity for the Bell community to do online workouts. And they have this 30-day challenge. And I thought, you know what? Awesome. Get people working out one day, one hour every single day for 30 days, because that's what it's, it's a challenge. Yeah. And, and so they're post, they're blasting Instagram right now with their social media. And I love it. I love it because it's promoting people moving, which in a time of high anxiety and stress, movement is critical. If from a scientific and neurobiological level, cortisol and endorphins are not friends. They don't hang out together. So if we have high cortisol going on, which means our anxiety and stress is dialed up, and we, we have a bit of a workout, endorphins kind of kick in and, and that cortisol drops and goes away for a little while. Awesome. All of that happens through movement. So, so that platform I'm saddled up with because yeah. it's awesome. And they're just posting and posting and posting and showing tons of people working out one hour every day. That means one hour less of watching the news or hearing some stuff or being in their own head. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that would be a huge um, thing that I would say about social media in general right now. If it lifts you up, keep it on there. And if it doesn't, just simply remove it. Remove it. It might not be a forever thing. Maybe you want to come back to it down the road. But for now, do that. That's actually one more thing that I would add to kind of the toolbox when you're asking about um, um, what people have control over. One of one of a really wonderful friend of mine in my life. Um, she shared the sentiment with me when, uh, you know, I had some tough things going on and she said, Cinder, two words, tack it on to anything that you're going through. It's just this way for now. And it seems small, but I've shared that a lot with people and said, yeah, it's just this way for now. It is not going to be here forever, but for now, this is our new normal. And let's, as humans, figure out how to adapt. We're good at adapting, but we suck at it sometimes because we're creatures of habit, yeah. right? So, yeah. so take this opportunity to figure out how you can change and mold and shift into what is now considered our new normal for a little while. I think that was beautifully summed up because... Um, Again, going back to our conversation in January, you and I did discuss the power of words, the power of the language that you use, right? Yeah. So making that very, very simple distinction for now, it does start to shift your mindset, right? Yeah. And going back to what the Bell community is doing, 
Um, I think that's fantastic. And I know a lot of people are doing the same. Uh, Some are simply trying to be advantageous, which is, I don't like it. Um, But but at the same time, though, you are promoting positive, right? And I think you would agree with this. It's very hard for our minds, for our beings to be both positive and negative at the same time. Right. So if you take that hour to do something positive, like you said, it is one hour less that you can focus yourself or consume yourself in something negative. 100%. So to use, to build on that sort of language, I do believe with us in isolation, we're at home a lot more. We do have excess time on your hands. I don't care who you are, what you're doing, whether you're a business owner or not you do have excess time on your hands now time that you never had before right yes yes so this is also a time for or this is an opportunity for both positive and negative habits to be built what are you going to choose is it is it going to be positive or negative yeah so in your opinion what are the positive habits that we can be working on right now you already mentioned fitness so we'll put that on pause. What else? So I posted something on my own social media last night, and I'm going to read it out loud first because yeah. it, it really is in alignment with this. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> so this is what I said, and then I'll go into more detail. Okay. So this is going to be real, raw, and coming at you from a personal and professional level for everybody. What is happening in our world today, which is impacting every single one of us and our loved ones is something that we need to take seriously. In saying that, I wanna highlight that people are spending a lot of time focusing on being healthy from a physical standpoint by engaging in social distancing, isolating and quarantining. However, I would strongly invite you to move your lens a little bit over to the mental health side of what is happening around us. What is going on is a breeding ground for depression, anxiety, suicide, violence, etc. It is important to consider the stress levels people are experiencing right now are also a breeding ground for things over and above COVID-19 to show up too. Research shows that unmanaged stress leads to high blood pressure, increased risk of of heart attacks, leads to increased levels of cortisol in the body, leads to increased opportunities for your immunity to be poor, which leads to increased opportunities for COVID-19 to show up. I'm not saying it's easy, but I am saying right now is the time to be managing your stress in healthy ways, taking the opportunity we all have to slow down. This is an opportunity to engage in healthy behaviors, sleeping better, interacting safely with people and your loved ones, and finding a way to saddle up with uncertainty. I share this picture to invite you to consider which ones you're engaging in and which ones you are not engaging in. I'll read them out in a sec. All of them are important. In my own professional opinion, I would reverse the bottom to the top and change the order a bit and say, so these ones, hope, rest, empathy, support, sleep, humor, and self-care should be at the top of your mind right now. This isn't a matter of if we're gonna go and get through this, it's a matter of a when. Life simply works that way. What goes up must come down. What goes down must come up. So try to find a silent place in your world right now when you are where you are grounded centered and trust that we are going to get on top of this so the little picture i don't know if you can see that that's okay um it's just a hierarchy of mental health things and and hope rest empathy humor self-care self-transcendence self-compassion healthy relationships coping strategies strategies treatment sleep support so fitness, moving, getting active some way, somehow every day, whether that's getting outside and getting some fresh air, you know, doing light workout. There's tons of opportunities to to use the virtual uh, fitness um, studios and and online stuff right now. So doing that, um, I would say some form of, um, you know, like something a little bit intellectually stimulating that has nothing to do with coronavirus or the epidemiology of it or blah, blah, blah. Read something that is is stimulating and something you're interested in, whether it's online or a book, um, and play. I would say, what are you doing for fun? Do you have board games? Do you have crossword puzzles that you like? Do you some sort some form of play that's lighthearted? Playing cards, you know, doing solitaire online or something like that. Um, I would also say getting creative with meal times. 
what kind of foods have you wanted to try or recipes you've wanted to try it and now you can now you have the time to learn it or 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 learning a new kind of thing i have somebody else who said i ordered a yarn and you know the knitting needles and she's learning how to do that right now and it's like cool just trying and doing something new like that and i also you know that i'm a big fan of humor i think that we take life so seriously and this is also an opportunity to be so serious and man, I gotta tell you, I have like, I, I make many jokes. Probably, I gotta know my audience because some of it might, might not be appropriate to share with the entire world right now. But um, I'm finding my own ways to to make this fun and lighthearted and, and, and you have to, you just have to find a way. Another cool thing that we did was, we came up with a list of what are all the benefits of being inside right now and like it was a big it was a fun list it was like we're saving money on gas wear and tear on our vehicles like you know just kind of some of those things like what what are the things that we can choose to look at that are positive for us right now because there is some great things there it's funny yesterday um we were watching frozen 2 which have you seen that movie? I haven't, but it is actually on my list. I'm not ashamed okay. to admit it. Hey, no, you have to. It's, you know, and, and I'll say that to people out there right now. Even if you don't have kids, you have to watch it. Yeah. The message is is lovely and it's funny and it's lighthearted. And it's just, so we were watching that last night and everybody was just laughing. It was just awesome. It was like 10 minutes of just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where we're all laughing together and it's funny and it's silly and we wanted to rewind it and watch another part of it again. And, and so things like that. And, and, and if you're feeling down and you're feeling lonely, um, journaling can be an avenue. I've said that before. It's an externalization of your thoughts and your worries. Put pen to paper um, to get it out or find someone to call and chat with and just say like, I need, I need a reset. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Ellen. So her I was just funny videos, <laughs> yeah. I've been watching those too. Yeah. So like, yeah, just, you got to find a way. Oh, and podcasts. There's tons out there right now. I listened to a really good one, Brene Brown's, um, uh, it's not Daring Greatly, but there's a new series that she has out right now, which was awesome. And she's also in, in social isolation. And so mm. she's talking about it as well, about, about COVID. And so yeah, I think just remember, everybody needs to remember that we're all in this together. There isn't any, any single person on this planet that isn't being affected somehow by this. Absolutely agree. And, and when you can think of it that way, you move a little bit less from that lonely place. Yeah. Even when we're all in these, you know, some people are in, totally in pods where they're, it's just them. They don't have any kids or whatever. And, and sometimes I find that to be helpful too, is that just remember that you aren't alone. Even if you are alone, none of us are not in this. Yeah. Um, I do have an item to add to your list. The one yeah, that you had please. on your social media. Can you read that yeah. list again? The one that you had on social media, the seven things. Yep. Okay, where is it? There we go. Okay. Um, hope, rest, empathy. I highlight empathy. Empathy and compassion. I would line those up together. Support, sleep, humor, and self-care. And I would like to add gratitude. Oh, yeah. You know, it's really, really easy to find all the negatives and bads in this situation, yeah. but... If you take a moment and step back, you really realize that you have taken for granted things yeah. that were just so commonplace, right? Being able to go shopping, going, being able to see friends where you were doing that every other day, right? But now yeah. that you don't have it, right. appreciate it, right? Appreciate it. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah, that's a great one. And then, and then um, as you were talking about the habits, I think that if we do this correctly, especially if you live in a household or you live with your spouse, whatever it is, we have the opportunity to come out of this better communicative oh, beings, yes. right? Because I know now feel free to share or not, yeah. but when you're in close quarters with somebody 24 seven, 
now it, it is literally 24 7 there will be some escalated conversations that probably don't need to get escalated but because you're in such close quarters friction is going to build so yeah. you're really going to have to hone into effective communication you know yeah. how to not necessarily deal with one another but to tolerate one another you know these are all communication absolutely. skills that we can build over time you yeah absolutely i actually was saying that um we were having a conversation about it in my home this week that I wouldn't be surprised if there's some relationships that not, I'm, you know, I'm not a pessimist. I'm the, I'm the eternal optimist. I know where you're um, going and I agree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I definitely foresee this pandemic blowing up some relationships because if they weren't healthy before, or they were kind of maybe a little bit fractured before, and then you add the stress of, being in close quarters, the stress of maybe having to, you know, be the teacher to your kids, the stress of money and job losses. Yuck. Yuck. Also an opportunity to dig really deep. And, and that's why when I wrote that and I said, this is an opportunity for us to slow down. And so if you are in a partnership that maybe is a little bit unhealthy, it can be an opportunity to figure out what isn't working in your relationship and what do you need from each other and and taking this time that we all have to you know kind of put a magnifying glass on it and say where where's the where's the crack what needs attention or even maybe even before that what do I need to do differently in my life for me and do some insular work there about, you know, do I have some demons that I need to address? Do I have some, you know, style of communication that I need to work on? Do I need to figure out how to have better boundaries in my life? Like, I think this is just a really, instead of it being scary and, and, and feeling crisis mode, moving into a space where you can say, okay, now's an opportunity for me to do a little bit of self-work and, and everyone can do some, everybody has something to work on and work through all of the time. We're here to learn and, and, and the opportunity is there for us, all of us right now. Yeah. Um, I want to go back again to one of the most important things that I took away from our conversation in January. Okay. And that really was the difference between mood and emotion. Yes. Okay, so just to quickly summarize my interpretation, uh, emotions are the daily ups and downs. You go through them. You're Sometimes you're happy, sometimes you're sad, sometimes you're uh, melancholy, whatever it is. Yeah. But mood is more of a, a constant. Yes. You know, and especially today, needless to say, a lot of us are going to be humming around the more negative side. And yeah. I, again, based on my interpretation of what you said, our moods can very, very much shape who we are. Yes, 100%. So coming out of this, because we don't know, you know, on the more optimistic side, maybe three months, on the more pessimistic side, it could be a year, right? Yeah. So let's, just, let's say it's a year. If your mood is humming around negative for that year, I can't see how you come out of this a positive person, right? 100%. So we need to do everything that we can to bring that mood up to at least neutral. Yes. Right? So I really do believe that comes down to creating those good habits and yes. creating those good mindsets. However, yes. however, there are many of us, whether you're a business owner, you work for a corporation, you work for a smaller company, many of us have lost our jobs. Many yeah. of us are struggling financially, not knowing what the next two, three months, maybe even the next two, three days look like. Yeah. I don't want to put a damper on this conversation, but yeah. I think it's a very important conversation to get into. Yeah. How, what can we do when we are so uncertain financially right to come out of this on a more positive side yeah you know curiosity and create creativity could be two words 
to help someone's mindset move out of pessimism. So get curious about what needs healing, what needs attention, what are you most stressed about? I get it all the time. I get people to prioritize. They can't have more than three because I'm bossy. <laughs> um, what are the top three things that they're worried about? I have someone else in my life who is very, very close to my heart. And he is such a, uh, he's such a level-headed person. And there was a time in my own life where stuff was really hard. Life was messy and it, it was tough. And he said to me, Cinder, there is a solution to every single problem on this planet, one at a time. And it was so simple. It was kind of like what I said earlier, the for now thing. And when he said it, I just kind of sat back and I said, okay, I got to prioritize which, which ones are, are really eating at me. And when I did, I did the, those two things. I got curious about it. And then I got creative about how can I problem solve this thing? And so if it's money, and that's one for lots of people right now, then get busy brainstorming there. Get busy talking about how am I going to strategize and get through these next few months or weeks or whatever this is going to be, but prioritize your problem and then make, get busy brainstorming and planning around that. Now, the other thing I would say about the, yeah, the pessimism or the, the worry and the, and the stress that comes along with the not knowing the uncertainty. And I know this is going to sound really, really simple. And it, I don't mean for it to come across that way if people interpret it that way, but one day at a time. Yes, I'm all for planning down the road financially. If that, if you really need to look at that and you don't have good savings or EI, or I don't know, I just, I'm not a financial advisor, mm -hmm. but figure that out. But literally one day at a time, when I worked in treatment, um, in an inpatient, outpatient addiction treatment facility, that was sometimes the biggest thing that I would say to them, like one day at a time. And when you build on the one day at a time, before you know it, it's two weeks, it's three weeks, it's four months, it's six months, and you've got six months of sobriety under your belt. But when we look at step 37, and we're at step two, we can, we all feel overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And I often say to people, don't go there because you don't know what can happen between step two and seven that could look really different. And then you're worried about step 37. Why? You're not there. Mm -hmm. So does that make sense? It does. Like and, and really kind of keeping your mindset in the next few days. And I, I should also add for people who are working from home and have kids. And even if you're not, even if you don't have kids, maintain a schedule, get up at the same time every day, breakfast, shower, change. Those are really, really important things, especially right now. Um, and go to bed at the same time every day, stop for lunch break. Um, if you have a home office, I often say, don't blur the lines. Keep your home office is where I go and I'm working when I'm in there. That does not mean that you work and you come out of the office, you throw in a load of laundry and then you come back. No, I would say if you are working from home, keep boundaries, physical ones if you can, but you know, kind of psychological ones that when I'm in my office, I'm doing work. And when I'm not in my office, I am not doing work. That would be another kind of just a little tip for while we're all at home. Um, yeah, so, so, so again, prioritize your problems, get curious and creative about how you're gonna manage that and then keep perspective in terms of time. None of us knew that we were going to go so radically over to shutting down schools and all of this mass social uh, isolating and distancing so quickly, right? So none of us really know. We don't have that, that um, benefit of knowing what's going to happen right now. And I'm serious when I say to people, maybe right now the lesson for the entire universe is get comfortable with the unknown. Yeah. Get comfortable with the unknown. And, and I know you're going to say, how do you do that? I'm still <laughs> learning that on my own. But one of the things that I say is do the work internally and say, have I got through hard things before? Yeah. Write it, write it out. 
How have you got through hard things before? Have you got through, you know, failing a class, a breakup, financial stress before, job loss, didn't get the job? Like write down the things that you have gotten through and remind yourself, oh yeah, I did get through those hard things. So I can get through this one too. I don't know how yet, but I will, right? Yeah. And when you were talking about having that schedule, I have to echo that. It's so important because it brings some normalcy into this or some predictability in a yeah, relatively unpredictable time, right? And then also the the whole notion of one step at a time. Yeah. Look, that holds true even when we're not in crisis. Yes. Right? But totally. it is especially true today. But even yes. when things are normal, like you think about the let's say Jeff Bezos, one of the most yeah. successful men on the planet. I'm sure he knows what step 100 is, but he still, his yeah. team still has to do step one, two, three, four, and five to get to 100, right? So the notion of, of planning six months ahead right now, it isn't practical for many people and that's okay. Nope, right? not at so, all. So bring it back day by day or even in extreme cases, hour by hour if necessary, right? Definitely. Um, okay. So right now there are going to be a lot of people who feel like they need to talk, not mm -hmm. necessarily vent, but they need to share with others, you yeah. know, what they're feeling, what they're going through, but they may be of the mindset that, well, I'm just preaching to the choir because they're going through the exact same thing, right? Yeah. They may think that they may not. But I think now more so than ever, from a mental health perspective, we need to be vocal about what we're feeling. Yes, um, now, right. seeing a psychologist may not be a financial option. Yeah. And I don't want to, to speak out of bounds, but perhaps your spouse, the person you're living with, isn't the right person either because they're too close to home. Yeah. How would you su suggest they what vehicle would you use for that communication how and okay. who how to yeah um, get care during this time or... sure sure yeah so um i yeah i i'll come back to what i said a little bit earlier about know, know who you're talking to know your audience and so get clear on who which friend or friendship group can be healthy for you to talk to right now um someone who can kind of make you feel more at ease or maybe someone who has a great sense of humor and you can have a little um chat with on the phone and have some laughs together and also know who the who the people are who they're so dialed up and stressed right now that they they bring it on for you too you can kind of feel each other's energy and then before you know it you 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 know you're feeling worse than you did when you yeah. first started talking to them so know that um but yeah um, we speak for myself. Um, I am more than happy to offer, um, you know, some of my services at a reduced rate, given the financial stress that we're all in right now. There's lots of, um, good, if, if you Google, <laughs> if you Google stuff, make sure it's got some good research behind it, but there are some good materials on psychology today has articles. Um, if people can have access to psychology association of Alberta, .ca, um, and they have some good kind of tips and tricks and facts on there as well. Um, but really knowing, being aware of when they're more in distress. So coming back to mood and emotion, if someone's mood is starting to be more distressing, more panicked, more upset, more often in a seven day stretch or a 14 day stretch, I would say reach out, like call somebody. The distress center is still in operation. And so they, um, that's a free phone call here in, in Calgary. I don't have the number offhand. I should, should know it, 266 something. Um, they, if someone's feeling that way right now, that, that's a good phone number to call. Um, but yeah, I think just being aware of how they're doing, how their mood is, and knowing that if the mood is, is getting a little bit worse, access some psychological help right away. I'm, I'm also offering a few pro bono services as well. Um, so yeah, those okay. would be 
and my first invitations. No, that's fair. And now I'm going to flip that question on its head. Yep. What if you are the recipient? So you're the listener. Yep. And you can tell that someone is very, very much struggling. You don't want to necessarily jump into solutions mode, I'm sure. But how mm -hmm. can you best provide support in this time? Validate. Validate them. They want to know that they're not going crazy, that this is a normal response to a distressing situation, and that it's okay to feel scared. Um, and lots and lots of compassion. We need it right now be nice to each other be kind to each other that that even sometimes not sometimes i would say a lot when you make someone else feel better you feel better it's a ripple effect it's not it's not one-sided and so make sure that you can offer that up and and make sure your tank is full enough to be able to do that as well and if after that phone call or that facetime meeting was draining what do you need to do to fill yourself back up as as someone who's just provided that conversation um but yeah lots and lots of validation lots of compassion for people empathy um support i'm here to listen it it is going to be okay yeah period mm -hmm. i don't know when that is but it's going to be okay we are going to get through this period and, and I think my college and, and there's a few other um, um, uh, professional um, practices around me that are giving me the same, us the same message is this is a great time to practice resiliency. How do we rise strong in the face of huge adversity, huge unknown? How do you do that? And I loved what you said earlier. We can come out on this of this stronger, better, healthier than we ever were before. We absolutely can, but you've got to do the work. Yeah. You have to do the work. Nothing easy in this life comes easy, period. Nothing good. Sorry, let me back that up. Nothing good, worthwhile, ooey gooey, the good stuff comes easy. It comes with practice, patience, good habits, repeat. And so this is the time to get busy getting better. Do the work. Do whatever kind of work you have to do on yourself, in your relationships, as a parent, as a sister, as a brother, whoever, whatever part of your world needs your attention. Now is the time. You Absolutely. got time. And even the phoenix had to come out of the ashes, right? Yes. One of my favorite books. Here, I'll put this out there too as a resource. Broken Open by Elizabeth Lesser. Okay. She talks about that, like the rise, the, the phoenix rising from the ashes. I get like goosebumps when I read it. It's a great book. It has kind of all these little snapshot um, um, short stories. So you don't have, it's not a book that you have to read front to front to back. You can kind of pick a, pick a topic in there and, and, and read it. But it, it talks about actually, you know what? It's funny. You have a copy. Ta-da! <laughs> Literally. There you go. Funny? Broken funny. open Elizabeth Lesser, you said? Yeah, how okay. difficult times can help us grow. Definitely. So I'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, right. So it, it is so, so interesting. When you were talking about the things that you can do for others, so you said the empathy, validation, compassion. Um, I believe that it is vitally as important to be self-empathizing, self-compassionate, yeah. and self-validating yeah. as well, right? Especially yeah. in this time. Yeah. So one last thing for you. I've seen some really good things being done, uh, whether it's Bell providing free classes and I've seen some cool stories on Facebook, but I'll let you answer this. Um, just high level, what are the things that we can do right now to be a supportive community member? You don't need to know the, the recipient, but what can we do to better ourselves as a person and a community? Yeah. Hmm. I like that. I like it when you get me thinking. It's good. <laughs> I like that. Um, creative. Get creative. Get some creativity going in thinking about there's so much power in, in when we put our mindset to think about how can I make someone else's day better? How can I make somebody else feel like this is going to be okay? I had a neighbor who um, 
baked it was really sweet a plate of cookies and left it on the doorstep like rang the doorbell ran away it's a little note on there that said you know these were made in quarantine and it's these ingredients and it's healthy and blah 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 and it was just so it was like wow someone thought to but she did it for I'm, I'm assuming most of my block wow it's so great um here in our house we we um drew a whole bunch of fun animal pictures and post put them in our front window um so for like that community walk when people are going outside and, and having fun stuff to look at um yeah i would just say to people like find find something to do that isn't about you mm-hmm. that can make somebody else feel better. I loved whoever came up with the sidewalk chalk writing and write notes on the sidewalk. We So when we went out on our walk, I don't know what day it was, maybe Monday, um, there's tons out there. It was like, um, we're gonna get on top of you COVID and have a wonderful day. Don't forget to smile at somebody. Like just all these like kind of random messages when we were walking and I would, I would say, as a community, as a whole right now, thinking about what can we offer up? What things can we do to make you, make someone laugh, I, make I someone it. feel supported, yeah. make someone, yeah, I don't know. I don't, does that? It, it does, it does. And it really, really reinforces my belief that everybody has the inherent ability to help yes. at different levels, perhaps. And yes. what you were saying there is so important because you don't necessarily need to be thriving financially to help either, right? No. Lifting somebody's spirits by drawing some animal pictures, baking some cookies. How much do cookies really cost, right? But it's totally. just the thinking or the thought about somebody other than yourself can be very uplifting both for the recipient and yeah. for you as well. Yeah, and kind of yeah. gets you out of your own head for a little while, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, stop thinking about me and my stuff and what's going on and and focus on you know other people in the community and and you know there there's there is always someone who's doing better than you and there's always someone who's doing a little worse than you yeah everywhere everybody yeah no that's great center i think we talked about a whole bunch that yeah, it's really, awesome. really important. I think we got into some very, very important topics, uh, not just given the times, but in general as well. Uh, yeah. We will get out of this. We will suffer something similar, maybe not to this extreme, but life has its ups and downs and this is always relevant. So super important. Um, now you were mentioning some reduced costs, some pro bono services. Yes. So people may be looking for you. Yes. How do they find you? They can find me, um, go to my website, which is smithpsychology.ca there is a uh, information form they can fill out there they can email me my email address is on there um there's two of them info at smithpsychology.ca or my direct one is cinder at smithpsychology.ca um and my phone number is on there as well i would invite people to yeah get reach out reach out if, if if it's not me i can offer up some suggestions or solutions um, I'm more than happy to do this. I, I didn't go into this profession to make millions. I, I went into it because I, I love human behavior and I am in a, a, a place in time right now where my service is needed more than ever and I'm happy to offer it up. Absolutely. Yeah. And you've already answered this question before. I want to ask you now under new circumstances, yeah. what is living an evolved life like today? Today in this day that we're living in mm-hmm. an evolved life wash your hands <laughs> yeah totally For the love um totally. I, i'm serious <laughs> um an evolved life having compassion for yourself having compassion for others and I'm going to come to what you said earlier, gratitude. An evolved life is gratitude because there, there is something in every single one of our days and lives where you can find something to be thankful for. Fantastic. So yeah. thank you for your time. That was a great conversation. Great. Um, for you, you listeners at home, watch Frozen 2. Watch yeah. Ellen. Um, I don't even and, know a Samantha, and right? And read that book, right? 
the whole uh, I don't even know it, Samantha. That's my favorite line. I've seen the trailer. I know. It's so cute. Oh, <laughs> you're going to love it. No, I look and forward to it. And the message, sorry to add to no, that. No, no, not at all. The next right thing. The next, okay. Do the next right thing. Yeah. That's the message in that movie. So what it. can you do today that's going to be the next right thing? I love aside it. from washing your hands. I love it. Thanks for joining us for this episode of My Evolved Life. Guys, if you found any value at all, and I'm sure you did, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. If you have any questions about this or any other episode, or you want to be a guest or recommend a guest, send us a message on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn at EvolutionVN. Oh, if you think your friends would enjoy this podcast, please make sure to share it with them. Until next time, live your evolved life.